Hello, you are listening to a what am I? What words am I looking for, Kitty? Preview. Pre preview. Preview. Today, Junior, you're listening to a pre. Don't make fun of Joe Biden, Jesse. You're listening to a free preview of a premium episode of Blockchain Report. The subject today, we got UK where I am. Fireworks. We got Katie's not okay. You okay? You not okay because of fireworks, Katie. We're gonna do we do a little role play for real. It's not as weird as it sounds. And then we talk about affirmative action. Uh, so you get a little preview of it here. If you want to hear the rest of it, go to blockchainreporter.org where for just $5 and up a month, you get three extra episodes every month, just like this one. It's incredible. Hope you enjoy the preview. Hey, Jesse, how you doing? I manipulated you. How? In what way? I don't think that's possible. I can't be manipulated. What? I am in foggy London town, or I would call it that, but it's annoyingly unfoggy. It's actually a really nice day out. Anyway, I'm in foggy London town. Absolutely. Turf Island. Turf Island. The place it all started, England, British town, uh, Toryville. Um, and I knew jet lag was going to be a big problem. Flying west to east, you got you to gotta fucking stay up, Katie. It's so hard to stay up. You got to stay up or you're going to be screwed for days. Mm-hmm. I thought, what will incentivize me to stay awake and to be alert and to be active? And mm-hmm. that's why you'll notice I asked to schedule this at a very particular time, 5 p.m. British summertime. Right as I was starting to fade, I'm using this podcast to be jet lagged. To be jet lagged. To beat jet lag. To be okay. That makes more sense. I okay. You you are one of these people who complain about jet lag when you're like flying from New York to California. So I'm sure that this is just. Um, you're probably like turning green right now. This must be really hard for you. I can't think or function. Well, the other thing is not that you would care, but I can't really sleep on planes. Like I doze a little. So I've been up more I don't. than 20. I know. I've been up more than 24 hours. Everyone who's listening feels really bad for me. You don't. And I am heroically leading this podcasting effort despite my, um, what can only be called a terminal condition. Can we talk about? Because I caught it from, I caught it at a terminal. <laughs> Can uh, we talk about me for a second? Uh, yes, but I might complain more after that. What's going on with you? Are you jet lagged right now? I am. Yeah, I am also suffering from lack of sleep, not because I took a five-hour plane ride, but because of Fourth of July. Are you familiar? Uh, have you completely forgotten about American traditions? I yeah. Since I you've been in the UK for an hour. I, I, there's a whole different set of traditions here, but Fourth of July, that's the one where they light, they fire shit off. Yes, Jesse, it is, I think, the worst day of the year. Uh, I just did a little bit of Googling, and just guess how many fires, fireworks typically start every year? I can't. I'm too tired. Probably a lot. 20,000. That's a lot. That's too many. I would do 10,000 10, maybe. Yeah, so it's the hottest, driest time of the year here in Western Washington. We are officially in a drought, and the air quality since this is Fourth of July was two two days ago. The air quality is utter shit. Not just because of the fucking Canadian wildfires, but also because my neighbors like to treat Fourth of July like it, like it's something to celebrate. Uh, so I actually left. We went down to the coast to try to get away from it because Moose also gets absolutely terrified. And guess what? They do 4th of July fireworks at the coast, too. When you say go to the coast, do you just have a place? Where You mean just like walk into the water? <laughs> I have a van. Okay, so you're living in the van down by the river. I'm living in the van at, at the, the coast, coast down by the water, yes. So we went down there. We took the van down to the to the coast. Although we can just let people think that I have a, a beach house. That's fine, yeah. too. It's a beach house on four wheels. So uh, we got back yesterday. Air quality's shit. Didn't sleep because people down there are doing fireworks, too. So I've decided I am going to get... 
politically active this year. There is a, another town in our county where uh, where the rich people live, Bainbridge Island, where they have banned fireworks. And so I'm going to make it my mission this year to get some sort of firework banning program on the ballot in my town. And I realize that this is going to be a little bit of a, an uphill battle because people here really like their fireworks. It's a military town. And so I have a I have an idea. I need to appeal to a broad base of people. And, and this town is pretty divided politically. I think it leans democratic, but it is a military town. We do have a fair number of conservatives in this town. So I'm going to go knock on a door. I'm going to do a door-to-door campaign. And I have to tailor my message to the people who answer the door. So I'm going to use context clues. So can, like, we do a role, can we do a role play? Sure. Who is it? Okay, well, here's the context clues. I need to figure out, do you have a we believe science is real sign in your in your yard or do you have an American flag in your yard? We ha- our sign says we believe the American flag is real. Okay, this is not helpful. Okay, fine, fine. We have a we have a one of the dumb we believe science is real. Even though we, we know science isn't real, but in this scenario, I have a science is real, yeah. Certain sciences are real. They can be Okay, ones. so let's do it. Okay. Hello, who is it? I have a gun. Uh, wait, you can, you don't have a gun and a science is real. Oh, we have science. Hello, who is it? I have a copy of Genderqueer. <laughs> exactly. Did you know that fireworks are racist? What? Please sign my petition. Yes, fireworks are racist. How so? Fireworks, during slave times, fireworks were shot off to celebrate slavery. Please sign my petition. Okay, ma'am, I have a question for you. No follow-ups. I got to go. I was listening to, every day I listen to NPR. <laughs> and they said that also in cities, fireworks are shot off and that when white women complain about it, they're Karens and they should be butchered in the streets. That's what the NPR segment said. What do you think about that? Those people are ableist. Did you oh. know that fireworks also contribute to climate change? They are bad for people with asthma. They are bad for elders. Okay, Although let's do let's do one more. Okay, who is it? It's I have an American flag and a gun. Hello, sir. Did you know that fireworks are gay? What? They're queer. Yes. Explain. <laughs> have you seen them? They're they are mighty colorful. <laughs> I saw a firework take a little boy behind the bushes. <laughs> exactly. Fireworks are used by drag queens They're to groomers. lure children into their vans. Exactly. Fireworks are groomers. Please sign my petition. Sir, I would like to make you mayor <laughs> of this small town. So this is how I'm going to do it. Uh, if anybody has any advice or um, anybody wants to volunteer for my campaign, please reach out. I'm not kidding about this. I am. I'm sort of kidding about this, but I'm going to. I'm going to try to get fireworks banned. I'm going to do it. I think our um our our diverging trajectories are poignant because I am in a far land spreading the word. What word? Spreading the good cheer of bar barpod. Oh, okay. The word barpod. Hosting a party. I'm trying to make sure everyone has a good time. You're back wherever in your hovel uh-huh. trying to ruin everyone's good time. I think that really sums up the difference between media. Look, I have an alternative. I've thought of something that people can do instead of fireworks that would also bring joy to the people. What's that? When it gets dark out, so here like 10 p.m. on July 4th, everybody goes Everyone outside. Everyone starts fucking. Everybody goes outside and claps. What? What is that? It's, uh, that's, that'll be how we celebrate. Just we clap. Okay. <laughs> Actually, wait. Hey, can we do one more? I want to make sure your base is covered. Okay. Hello, who is this? I'm a Latino family. Ooh, oh, that's a problem. That's going to be a problem. They're not signing my petition. I just turn around and walk away. Um. Okay. So that that is the fireworks lovers. When we got home yesterday, there were there were like firecracker casings all over our fucking back deck, which means that the neighbors did their usual annual fireworks pocket all. They are POC. The the firework the main fireworks lovers in the neighborhood do all seem to be POC. So so when I knock on doors, I'll remember to bring that up to my American flag waving and gun toting neighbors. 
You know what's weird uh, is I landed here in London on the 6th of July, and I'm not seeing any sign they even celebrated the 4th of July. What the fuck? That's weird. Not even a cake? This episode is devoted to, and I got to say, all jokes aside, I'm really struggling here. This is going to be slightly rocky, but I'm going to do my best. This episode is dedicated to a very American subject. Say it with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) We have 35 minutes more of fireworks role plays. (laughs) Hello, we are a middle-aged lesbian couple. (laughs) They've already signed it. (laughs) And we love fireworks. Um, Okay, so yeah, we're going to talk about I mean, so the Supreme Court, in a move that didn't surprise anyone, demolished race-based affirmative action, 6-3 along party lines, something-something Merrick Garland. As always, we are here just as much for the takes and the discourse as for the thing itself. But I guess we shouldn't fully gloss over, like, the actual thing. Should we briefly have a substantive discussion on, like, affirmative action going bye-bye or race-based affirmative action going bye-bye? Sure. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? So, my feelings about this have changed in recent years, like not from being pro-affirmative action to anti-affirmative action, but from being pro-affirmative action to basically not giving a shit. I had always like, I'd always assumed that affirmative action was good and necessary and a way to correct for past injustices and diversify institutions. And I even, I think I even voted, Washington had a ballot initiative a couple years ago to legalize affirmative action, it's it's illegal here in, in state state institutions, public institutions. And I think I voted for it, but I think I had my wife vote against it because I wasn't totally sure, which is how I, I handle conflict or in, inner conflict. We just we just so vote why waste why just not vote? Why just Jesse, stay home, not just stay I, home? It's mail it's vote by mail. I was staying home. <laughs> um and when during that ballot initiative, so I was at the stranger at the time and a lot of people who who were against the ballot initiative were against affirmative action. They were Asian and they would come in and make their case and then which I which I did find interesting and we'll get into that later. But the reason I've come to the conclusion that I don't give a shit about this is is mainly because I've realized that this is it's an elite issue. And so I care about it about as much as I care about like the number of Latinxes who are nominated for Oscar. You want to interrupt me here? This yeah, I'd love to interrupt you. Because this case was about elite issue, but like when California banned it that was about a huge public university system that had major ramifications. And like a lot of poor kids go to the UC system. The way we talk about it and the cases we focus on are more elite. I agree with you. About well, th- I'm talking about this case in particular. Okay, sure. Yeah. And so th- like Jane Kosen pointed this out on Twitter, most universities are not selective at all. The vast majority of colleges in this country will admit anyone who either can or cannot pay for it. Like all you have to do is have a high school diploma and you can get into some college. Anyone, Katie, anyone? Noah Berlatsky? Really? I am. He went to fucking Oberlin, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> so I really could not give less of a shit about the makeup of the student body of, of, Har- of Harvard University. Like it could be eight, 99% Asian with a handful of token Jews and some like lacrosse, some like whiteies on lacrosse scholarships. <laughs> A handful of like Jew yeah. slaves, and I like I would sleep perfectly well at night. And of course, if Jews, if Jews were enslaved, you would sleep well at night. I already do. You are keep enslaved. you up, but yeah. And okay. and like and people, of course, are, are they're like, yeah, but this is about who our future leaders are. This is about where they get selected, and, and that is true. 
But that actually, I think— That's the problem. That's what—yeah, that's the problem right there. Like, elite institutions hire graduates of elite institutions, and if you wanted actual diversity, which, of course, they don't, then elite institutions should hire promising grads from, like, Kent State or University of Kentucky or whatever. And then there's, like, also the fact that affirmative action doesn't actually benefit the people it was intended to benefit. Freddie DeBoer wrote a piece about this, pointing out that the default— Harvard diversity pick is a you know the child of a of a Nigerian cardiologist, not a kid from the projects in Baltimore or whatever. Not even cardio like Prince. yes, Nigerian cardiologist, but like my a print a Nigerian prince <laughs> who offered them a really good deal via email. <laughs> um, th- that, but also like my neighborhood of Brooklyn, a lot of the houses are owned by like. You know, my landlord's from Barbados or Jamaicans. Like, they're not cardiologists, but they're absolutely upwardly mobile. Mm -hmm. They hustle like hell. They often arrive here with some degree of, like, social capital. And it it just, it's, I mean, I'm just agreeing with you, but that's very different from, like, someone whose family has lived in Brownsville in Brooklyn for decades uh, and and is stuck in poverty. And, and like, the, the descendants of slaves. Yeah, it's a completely different thing. And that's why it's just remarkable to me how stupid race is, how stupid it is to yes. talk about race in this way. The idea that, that the, the, yeah, the Nigerian cardiologist son and a really poor kid from a really dangerous neighborhood are somehow this category unites them when in, it only does in like very superficial, unimportant ways, mostly unimportant ways. And the, the other argument against it, and this tips me more into the anti-affirmative action camp, is that its mere existence does something psychologically to everyone involved. Like Michelle Obama tweeted something about this. She tweeted this. She was she was in favor of affirmative action, but she she tweeted this. This is a quote. Back in college, I was one of the few black students on my campus, and I was proud of getting into such a respected school. I knew I'd worked hard for it. But still, I sometimes wondered if people thought I was there because of affirmative action. It was a shadow that students like me couldn't shake, whether those doubts came from outside or inside our own minds. She's making an argument, like the rest of her post is an argument in favor of affirmative action. But, but, she's, but she yeah. acknowledges that the existence of affirmative action creates both self-doubt and racial resentment. So it makes some black people feel like they only got into whatever college because of this policy. And it makes some white... And that's Michelle Obama, who is far from a dumb or under... She's like incredibly smart if it made her feel that way. Yeah, Yeah. and it makes some white and Asian people feel like they didn't get into these institutions because of affirmative action. And to me, so that seems pretty poisonous. Yeah, I mean... Anyway, how do you feel about it? No, I mean, I I just... I had a few, like, notes, and one of them was just, like... It's this is such a small issue in the grand scheme of like American inequality, if that's what you care about. It's just who, what the racial composition of Harvard will look like. Um, It's a, I think it's a prime example of liberals being obsessed with something. We do this with gentrification. Um, The sociologist Matthew Desmond is good on this. The housing, housing issues in cities are not gentrification's role in housing problems is not as large as you think. The real problems are at the mm-hmm. bottom of the housing market. If you're really poor, you're not going to move into Prospect Heights or whatever, or Capitol Hill in Seattle. You need like really, you need low-income housing and it's not available. But because liberals live in these fucking neighborhoods, we find gentrification fascinating. We feel guilty about it. We give it too much attention. Mm-hmm. There's something similar with Harvard. Liberal like newsrooms are fucking filled with people who went to Harvard and who want their kids to go to Harvard. So Harvard's the most important thing in the world. Um, but anyone who's competitive enough to like be seriously considered by Harvard is probably in pretty good shape. Like they're they're the elite already. If they have to go to Duke, they'll survive. This is not well, a major Duke, justice. <laughs> I mean, 
Duke is pretty awful. Yeah. Um, Don't you know about the lacrosse case? I've heard. Those, those bad boys. You know the woman who accused – sorry, this is an aside, but you know the woman who accused those kids, uh, uh, those lacrosse players of, of gang rape? You know she's in prison for murder? I feel like this came up possibly <laughs> on this podcast, but I can't remember. Um, no, I, I think those points are are absolutely correct. If This is really – Also, I'm not even like – I'm not even like that – I think I think on balance I'm like a little bit for some carefully crafted ra- I just I don't and I don't mind class I just think the way this is done is so fucking obviously stupid and bad and just I mean we're gonna get into the details but I'm not even I it's I'm not even against affirmative action per se I just it there's so many obvious issues with it that just I don't think we're taken seriously right and oh and just and it's like overhyped right like this story has taken up so much space in the news over the past week or so. did Okay, so there's another case that has gotten absolutely no attention that I think is much, much more important for this. Is this about your fight against the fireworks? <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is, and this is a story that will make even the people who are appalled about the decisions on affirmative action and the web designer who didn't want to make the gay, the gay wedding set website in Student Lens, this will make even those people happy, but this has gotten no attention. Have you even heard of Alan V. Milligan, Jesse? No. Okay, so this is this is much more important. This is basically a redistricting case, and it was brought— Oh, wait, this is the one where they threw out the bat, the ridiculous— Yeah, yeah. so this was brought by black voters in Alabama who argued that the Republican-majority state legislature, they were breaking up black, black districts in order to basically gerrymander the state and advantage Republican candidates. And they argued that this violated the Voting Rights Act, and this could have really big implications for redistricting all over the country. And they won, and— I've heard exactly zero news reports about this, which is sort of odd. This is much bigger than a affirmative action. It's much bigger than student loans even, but this is getting no play. I, I think if they if they'd lost, we definitely would have heard about it. But just I, I agree, affirmative action like this affects a very very small number of people. Yeah, let's and when it's being treated as though like it's a disaster for racial justice, which I just on the list of issues. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about the discourse because it's been it's been bad. I think John Shade sort of called this one uh, last year. He wrote an article headlined "The Left Is." gaslighting Asian Americans about college admissions. Uh, Chait explains in this article in New York Magazine that he's in favor of affirmative action, but there are obviously trade-offs, and there's obviously been discrimination against Asian Americans at places like Harvard. Everyone knows this. Uh, Quote, I can accept the trade-offs as the necessary cost of the policy, uh, writes Chait, what I can't accept is the refusal by Harvard and its defenders to admit what the policy is, end quote. Then a bit later, his main argument, quote, liberals have not denied these facts uncovered by the plaintiffs. Instead, they have engaged in a mix of evasion and deceit, end quote. Then he provides a ton of examples from like the places you'd expect, New York Times, Vox. Um, in these in these places, liberals have just like refused to engage in a substantive debate on the merits of affirmative action. Instead, they rely on non sequiturs or guilt by association because like conservatives Oh, no, conservatives are trying to make Asians who are already mad about affirmative action mad about affirmative action. We'll get back to that. It's all just like misdirection and dishonesty and bullshit. Although, um, Chait being Chait, he phrases it nicer than I do. So, back to the present. NPR's Weekend Edition Sunday ran a segment that just sums up everything wrong with how liberals are talking about this issue. I think I found out about it because you were tweeting angrily about it, right? I'm never mad online. I was tweeting That's about true. it. I'm sorry. Yes, calmly and rationally. The to the online text version is headlined affirmative action divided Asian Americans and other people of color. Here's how the reporter is Sandia Dirks. Katie, did you think this, uh, would you say this segment took a forthright, honest look at this issue or was it just bullshit? Which, which was it closer to? It was, it was very bad. I would say that the gist of the piece is that Asians, Asians against affirmative action 
are being used by white people, basically white supremacists. We control them. Yes, who control them. White people control them. And the Asians, only yeah. reason, and yeah. there's no, there's no legitimate reason for Asians to to oppose affirmative action, despite the fact that it is well documented that Asians, it's, at places like Harvard, you know, the the subject of this of this case, are discriminated against. They are they are marked yeah. down with like on some like personality. That's all you get to listen to the rest of this episode and much more. Go to blogtoreimported.org and become a primo. Just $5 a month. Thanks for listening.